Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 292. Put on the whole armor of pure consecration, the breastplate of righteousness, valiantly gird, with shield of true faith and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit is God's mighty word. Hymn number 292. The scriptural will be given by Nancy from New Jersey. 1 Corinthians I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Of God. Romans. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit 
that we are the children of God. Galatians. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We shall now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable one. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 118. Holy Spirit, light divine, shine upon this heart of mine. Kindle every high desire. Cleanse my thought in thy pure fire. Hymn number 118. 
Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, where we discuss this week's lesson and other topics that need to be covered, and learn how to practice better in our lives this science of Christianity, Christian science. And we had another really good one this morning. So if you missed it, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com. And you can also find it on our YouTube channel and our Vimeo channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 every Sunday. And many of our Sunday school students don't live in the area, but attend over the telephone. Our Sunday school has a dedicated teleconference number. And that means that uh, if you don't live in the area and have a child of Sunday school age, your child can also attend our Sunday school via telephone. So please call us. And uh, we'll give you the number, and we'd love to welcome your child to our Sunday school. Uh, we have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15, where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives literally transformed through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery for infants and toddlers. So you can bring the whole family. We have 17 websites in 17 different languages. And we are able to provide the very finest Christian science literature, music, things to read, study, and listen to, to people all over the world, and in many cases in their own language. <laughs> And we are very grateful that many people have found Christian Science and our church through our websites and through YouTube, our YouTube channel. And we're very grateful for everyone who has found this wonderful science. And I would like to uh, point out an article that's being featured on our English website today. Uh, article entitled Angels by Martha Wilcox. Beautiful article, very instructive, very comforting. I recommend it highly. Everyone is welcome here, and that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from the chapter entitled Fruitage in the Christian Science Textbook, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science Textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Sylvia from Australia. Page 616, Grateful for Many Blessings. In the year 1901, Christian science found me a hopeless invalid. I had suffered for seven years previous with a very painful back, the result of an operation. 
I could get no rest or sleep at night as I could not lie down, but had to sit propped in a chair with pillows around me. Only those who have suffered as I did can know the full misery of it. I had come to the end of material means and never hoped to get well. One day, however, while out walking, it was my good fortune to come to a Christian scientist's house, and there the teaching was explained to me. I was advised to buy science and health, which I did, and the study of this book has healed my back entirely. Christian science has also cured me of long-standing catarrh of the throat and neuralgia with which I had been afflicted from childhood. Before coming into science, I had doctored with three of the best physicians in Seattle, but none could give me relief. I am no longer a sufferer, but rejoice exceedingly in Christian science. God's promise has been fulfilled to me. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. E. O. Georgetown, Washington The Bible and the Christian Science Textbook are our only preachers. We shall now read scriptural texts and their correlative passages from our textbook. These comprise our sermon. The canonical writings, together with the word of our textbook, corroborating and explaining the Bible texts in their denominational spiritual import and application to all ages, past, present, and future, constitute a sermon undivorced from truth, uncontaminated or fettered by human hypotheses, and authorized by Christ. And today's lesson sermon can be found on page 12 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Spirit. The colon text is from Acts. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. The responsive reading is from Psalms. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say My God, in him will I trust. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord, and the praises of the Lord, according to 
bestowed on us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies, and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their Savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bare them and carried them all the days of old. Craig will now read. The Bible, Psalms, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Acts. At the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple of the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not, in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, 
We found no man within. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee, named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, Refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts. Now about the same, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord had sent his angel 
and have delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. 2 Corinthians. And such trust have we through Christ, through God's word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Carol will now read. I will read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Spirit is symbolized by strength, presence, and power, and also by holy thoughts winged with love. These angels of his presence, which have the holiest charge, abound in the spiritual atmosphere of mind and consequently reproduce their own characteristics. Their individual forms we know not, but we do know that their natures are allied to God's nature. And spiritual blessings thus typified are the externalized yet subjective states of faith and spiritual understanding. Angels, God's thoughts passing to man, spiritual intuitions, pure and perfect, the inspiration of goodness, purity, and immortality, counteracting all evil, sensuality, and mortality. Angels are not etherealized human beings evolving animal qualities in their wings, but they are celestial visitants flying on spiritual, not material, pinions. Angels are pure thoughts from God, winged with truth and love no matter what their individualism may be. My angels are exalted thoughts, appearing at the door of some sepulcher in which human belief has buried its fondest earthly hopes. With white fingers, they point upward to a new and glorified trust, to higher ideals of life and its joys. Angels are God's representatives. These upward-soaring beings never lead towards self, sin, or materiality, but guide to the divine principle of all good, whither every real individuality, image, or likeness of God gathers. By giving earnest heed to these spiritual guides, they tarry with us, 
and we entertain angels unawares. The Old Testament assigns to the angels, God's divine messages, different offices. Michael's characteristic is spiritual strength. He leads the host of heaven against the power of sin, Satan, and fights the holy wars. Gabriel has the more quiet task of imparting a sense of the ever-presence of ministering love. These angels deliver us from the depths. Truth and love come nearer in the hour of woe when strong faith or spiritual strength wrestles and prevails through the understanding of God. The Gabriel of his presence has no contests. To infinite, ever-present love, all is love. And there is no error, no sin, sickness, nor death. How little light or heat reach our earth when clouds cover the sun's face. So Christian science can be seen only as the clouds of corporeal sense roll away. Earth has little light or joy for mortals before life is spiritually learned. To reach the height of Christian science, man must live in obedience to its divine principle. To develop the full might of this science, the discords of corporeal sense must yield to the harmony of spiritual sense, even as the science of music corrects false tones and gives sweet concord to sound. What is termed material sense can report only a mortal temporary sense of things, whereas spiritual sense can bear witness only to truth. To material sense, the unreal is the real until this sense is corrected by Christian science. Spiritual sense, contradicting the material senses, involves intuition, hope, faith, understanding, fruition, reality. Material sense expresses the belief that mind is in matter. This human belief, alternating between a sense of pleasure and pain, hope and fear, life and death, never reaches beyond the boundary of the mortal or the unreal. When the real is attained, which is announced by science, joy is no longer a trembler, nor is hope a cheat. Spiritual ideas, like numbers and notes, start from principle and admit no materialistic beliefs. Spiritual ideas lead up to their divine origin, God, and to the spiritual sense of being. Spirit imparts the understanding which uplifts consciousness and leads into all truth. 
The psalmist saith, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Spiritual sense is the discernment of spiritual good. A higher and more practical Christianity, demonstrating justice and meeting the needs of mortals in sickness and in health, stands at the door of this age, knocking for admission. Will you open or close the door upon this angel visitant, who cometh in the quiet of meekness as he came of old to the patriarchs at noonday? Truth brings the element of liberty. On its banner is the soul-inspired motto, slavery is abolished. The power of God brings deliverance to the captive. No power can withstand divine love. What is this supposed power which opposes itself to God? Whence cometh it? What is it that binds man with iron shackles to sin, sickness, and death? Whatever enslaves man is opposed to the divine government. Truth makes man free. Discerning the rights of man, we cannot fail to foresee the doom of all oppression. Slavery is not the legitimate state of man. God made man free. Paul said, I was free born. All men should be free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Love and truth make free, but evil and error lead into captivity. Christian science raises the standard of liberty and cries, follow me, escape from the bondage of sickness, sin, and death. Jesus marked out the way. Citizens of the world, accept the glorious liberty of the children of God and be free. This is your divine right. Paul said, Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Sooner or later, we shall learn that the fetters of man's finite capacity are forged by the illusion that he lives in body instead of in soul, in matter instead of in spirit. Man is tributary to God, spirit, and to nothing else. God's being is infinity, freedom, harmony, and boundless bliss. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Like the archpriests of yore, man is free to enter into the holiest, the realm of God. The harmony and immortality of man are intact. We should look away from the opposite supposition that man is created materially 
and turn our gaze to the spiritual record of creation, to that which should be engraved on the understanding and heart with the point of a diamond and the pen of an angel. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 254. The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. O'er waiting harpstrings of the mind, there sweeps a strain, low, sad, and sweet, whose measures bind the power of pain and wake a white-winged angel throng of thoughts illumined by faith and breathed in raptured song with love perfumed. Hymn number 254.
Now sing hymn number 247. Oh, walk with God along the road, your strength he will renew. Wait on the everlasting God, and he will walk with you. Hymn number 247.
I will read from the Christian Science textbook the scientific statement of being and the correlative passages from 1 John 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter, or its infinite mind and its infinite manifestation. For God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material, he is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. Second Timothy. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Amen.